Everyone, welcome to episode four of our midweek podcast. I'm Pastor Josh, and today we're talking about our fourth mission statement, our fourth, our fourth E statement of how we as a church accomplish our vision of becoming a community on the journey to be more like Jesus. And so the fourth E statement is that Elam engages our world. Now, when we talk about engaging our world, really, like, what does that look like? So many people have this idea about how a church engages their world by some preconceived notions of things like uh, track ministry, tents, revivals, all kinds of different ways that people get the gospel out there. And primarily for so many years, it was always dependent on the local church pastor to do the preaching. It was the the people's job, the congregation's job to bring people to these gatherings. And ultimately it was the preacher's job to knock out uh, to knock the gospel out of the park and people would come to an altar at some point and get saved for the name of Jesus, say the sinner's prayer, and then all of a sudden, boom, bang, here they are. Now they're a Christian. Now, to be very clear, I, I'm not diminishing any one of those methodologies. Listen, I, I think for many years, all of that stuff really worked. There was a time in Canadian history where Christians were what we call majoritarian, where for the most part, people uh, were had some kind of Judeo-Christian background or belief. I heard the president of of Tyndale Seminary one time when he was preaching talk about the statistics of of the divergence of what was happening inside of our country. And he said that in 1950, 75% of Canadians would get up in the morning, go to their closets and pick something out to go to church. 75% of the population, three out of four Canadians were going to church regularly and were engaged in some kind of uh, church activity. Fast forward to 2018, it's somewhere between 10 and 12% now of our, ent- our entire country actually getting up on a Sunday morning and prepping to go to church so that they can be part of the family of God in an area of the country uh, from Vancouver all the way to St. John's. And and when you think about the statistics, I mean, the reality of it is that since 1950, all of those years later, I mean, we're talking about 68 years later, the culture has really shifted. We've gone through so many different things that have happened, so much stuff that has gone on. And what used to work in various evangelical settings, like the altar call, like all of that other stuff that, that seems very normative, when we insert that into 2018, it's not that God can't use it. All we're saying is that there is a culture outside of the doors of the church that are not coming in. And it's not so easy anymore to run back out of our church doors and expect people to take an invitation to some kind of event that we're doing and say that they'll come readily. In our Canadian world, really, there are three categories of people. There are the unchurched, there are the churched people that do attend church. And then I would say there's a third category of people called the de-churched people who have faith and yet are not connected to a local church at all. And so when we talk engaging our world, we're talking about engaging both the de-churched and the unchurched people that literally have no background when it comes to any kind of church ministry or church function or any time in their lives where they attended a local church. 
this can be a really daunting task for many of us because so because I, I mean a lot of us go to our workplaces, a lot of us go to spaces where we interact with people that are either unchurched or dechurched, and the automatic thing that we get back from them is this negative reaction to the idea of church. Because many of them over the years have been hurt by either church leaders or by um, hypocritical Christians that kind of were were judging them in various ways, and so the automatic thing for a lot of folks in our Canadian society is to say, you know what, like I, I grew up in church, that's all good. Like, I, I don't really need that. Add to the fact, outside of hurt and, and bad experiences, that the gospel of Canada is really, I'm a good person, right? So, so often you run into people and you start talking about faith and engagement. They're like, oh yeah, well, you know, like, you know, it's, yeah, you know, God, God's fine. Jesus is cool. That's all great. And, you know, I'm, I'm good. I don't need church. I don't need community. I, I don't actually really need Jesus. Like, I think the idea is good. I think he was a nice person. But ultimately, I'm fine because I'm a good person. Like, I pay my taxes. You know, I, I, I'm a regular uh, attender at the Kiwanis Club or whatever. I, I give money to the poor. I give money to charity. Uh, you know, I, I do right things. I, I coach my, my son's hockey team. I do all that stuff. So I'm a good person. So there's no way that when all of this is done, when I'm standing before God someday that he's ever going to, you know, like tell me, mm, you can't get into heaven or, uh, he'll never send me to hell because look, like I'm, I'm, I'm a great person. I do all the right things. And yet there's a categorical misconception of what the gospel actually is. I mean, the gospel is, uh, you know, Paul really outlines it in in uh, Ephesians chapter two, that we receive the gospel by grace through faith, not by works that anybody should boast, that it's this incredible news of God redeeming and re- reconciling man and God together through the work of Jesus, not through our work, but through the work of Jesus. That's the good news that we need to get out there. And the daunting task of engaging our world is that a lot of the world doesn't actually want to hear... Um, the good news that we have. And it's not because they're anti-Christian. It's not because uh, some are, but not because everybody is. It's because there is this sense, I think, that most Christians live these lives that are so what we say, or what we call sectarian or separated from. And uh, it's really all about protectionism. It's about protecting the Christian subculture. And really, when you look at the words of Jesus, uh, Pastor Ralph, just this past weekend, talked about this in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. This is the Great Commission. And at one point in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go therefore into all the world. Pastor Ralph very say, said very clearly that in the Greek there, this is not, uh, this is not just a, a present word that's just like, oh, well, just go now and go make disciples. It's actually in your going, in your everyday life as you go. As you go uh, to various spaces, to various parts of culture, uh, in your family, wherever it is that you go, as you are going, make disciples. He also made reference to this portion of scripture in Acts 1.8, where Jesus is talking to the disciples after he's resurrected, and now he's telling them exactly what's going to happen. They ask him a question earlier on in that particular chapter where they say, you know, are you at this time going to establish the kingdom of Israel? And he says, wrong question, guys. Wrong question. Don't worry about that. That's none of your concern. Uh, But what you need to be concerned about is this, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, 
Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He kind of gives them the overarching boundary lines for where they're about to go. So he says first to the Jerusalem, to the local area, Judea, Samaria, to the provinces, um, and then uh, to the national area. And then he says, well, you're going to actually go further on than that. You're going to go around the world. This thing is going to be global. And what your job is going to be is to go and be my witnesses, to tell my story to be the ones that share the good news of what I've done for humanity to the world. You see, when we think engaging our world, we think automatically that we have to get people to a point where they're being converted. And that's not what Jesus ever said in both of these passages. What he said was, in your going, make disciples, reproduce yourself, right? And then he continues on in that particular portion of scripture and says, Uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So so what's the whole idea of baptism? Making them a part of the family. And then he says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. There's this portion of our job description that's all about teaching people what the words of Jesus are once you've made them into a disciple. Also, then you look at the the Acts portion, Acts 1.8, and he says, you're going to go and be my witnesses. You're going to share my story. And what's the story? The story is the gospel. The story is about how we were so far away from God. We were the ones that actually pushed him away in the garden because we wanted his job. We wanted autonomy from him. And instead of him redirecting creation and starting all over, he desperately pursues us through human history and time to to get to us through the person of Jesus, the sacrifice that he gives us, Uh, of his son. And so it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful job description. And ultimately, if you notice, none of it gets to the point where we have to make sure that people are accepting Jesus. Our job is not to cause them to accept Christ. Our job is to share the good news and leave it with God. Allow him to inspire their hearts in ways that lead them, that break down the walls, that, that make their hard hearts soft towards his message to them. You see, our, our part in engaging the world is about going and being honest about who we are and being salt and light in areas, making sure that when we're in situations in the middle of the world, that we bring flavor to it, that we actually make it better. Our job is to be light, to show people the way towards Jesus through our actions, through our deeds, through our words, obviously. And I think the reality is that some people get so scared of the idea of deeds because they think, well, you know, like I, I, the gospel has to be proclaimed. And then you have another subset of people inside of the Christian church that say, well, it's all about the gospel. And, you know, the, the deeds don't matter. It's all about the, the truth of the gospel. And yet the reality is that we have to hold both of those intention and hold them together And I think it's a both and, right? As we are going, we need to be not only preaching the good news of Jesus to the world around us, and even that word preaching, people get terrified of it because they think what what we're saying as pastors to them is you need to preach uh, the way that we do. You need to call down fire from heaven and tell them how awful of human beings they are. And at no point throughout the gospel Uh, messaging that Jesus says or that Luke demonstrates within the book of Acts, is it ever about just telling people how awful and desperate they are and how, uh, you know, they are just destitute of anything inside of them? It's ultimately just focusing on Jesus and saying, look, we are all messed up. We all have things that are, 
are not okay inside of us. We are all uh, broken human beings and we all are in desperate need of saving. And let me, let us tell you where you can find the one that can save you. Many times people are terrified to engage our world. And, and, and to be very honest, I don't think it's that Christians um, want to avoid it, right? Like a lot of times pastors, leaders in, in the church world or whatever will say things like, oh, people are just lazy. People, you know, are not engaging the world because, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're unable to, or they don't want to. I like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's unable. I don't think it's an unwant. I think it's a, where do we start? How do I do it? I don't think it's an issue of motivation. I think if you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this, I think you have a motivation in your heart to share Jesus with people. And yet the how is difficult. How do I share the gospel with people that completely and utterly disagree with me? How do I share the gospel with people who ultimately are going to mock me and jeer me? How do I share the gospel with people that are anti-church, anti-religion, they are all about spirituality and, and don't want to have anything to do with what I'm about. I mean, that's, I think, where it is. I don't think it's a, it's a motivation issue. I think it's a, I don't know how to do this. And so some of the practical ways that you can equip, get, get equipped to do that is attend a class that we offer called Elam 401. In this class, we, we talk about things like how to actually talk to people about, uh, about your faith that have different viewpoints than you, like our friends in the LGBTQ community people uh, of various religions that we go to work with on a daily basis that we care for and that we do life with, how to actually disagree with them in love and yet share Jesus in a way that's uh, available and practical to them. We talk about different philosophical points, ethics, things like how do you talk to somebody that disagrees with you about things like abortion um, without coming off as judgmental and negative and yet have a good scriptural foundation for why it is that you believe what you believe without causing somebody else to, to become distracted by anger or, or hatred for you because, uh, because your viewpoint is just so harsh. And listen, let's not mince words. At the end of the day, there are going to be some people that really dislike us because of what we believe. And yet the truth of the matter is we can gain more people. We can, we can actually come off a lot better if we approach people, not as anti, but as we're for you. We have some good news for you. We love you and care for you. And we want to tell you what in our estimation is true about Jesus, about humanity, and about your need for the gospel. Also, when it comes to engaging our world, the reality is that our our folks in our church, I think we're we're involved with about 27 local uh, nonprofits, NGOs that are doing amazing work in our city. And the reality is if you're having a hard time figuring out where to engage or how to engage, where to start, I think really going to Pastor Ralph, going to somebody, uh, one of the pastors on staff and saying, I have a heart to engage our city. I have a heart to engage our world, various issues in our world. I would love to learn how to do that, I, I, but I need to know where to go and how to get there. A part of our job at Elam is to equip you with, with what you need, and we talked about that last week, to be able to, to live out your life, not only in maturity, but to do the work of the ministry. And so part of, of our role is to give you access to uh, various opportunities around our city or in, in our province, in our country, in our world, where you can get engaged in ways that God is calling you to be engaged. So in a few weeks, Pastor Ralph is actually going to have 
uh, uh, almost like a, what we do early on, like the, the the ministry launch weekend where we have booths set up in the atrium. We're going to have all of our local partners, even maybe some national, national and international partners, come together and they're going to set out a bunch of booths in the atrium. And there you'll be able to engage exactly in a, in a cause, in a, an issue, in a ministry that you most desperately want to be engaged. And you'll get some ideas of, of how you can actually serve and begin to share the gospel in our city in ways that are good and that are true. And, and lastly, I, I think very practically, the, the most important part about this whole thing is that you have to understand where God has planted you is where he's calling you to serve. I mean, you might not think that where you work is your mission field, but it is. It's exactly where you can be salt and light, where you can make, you can bring good flavor to that, to that office, where you can actually shine a light towards Jesus by your presence being there. You might not think that the family that you're in is actually uh, the space that you want to be in. And yet God planted you there for a reason. And we really believe that even your family can be a mission field. Your family can be a, a space where you can engage in sharing the good news of Jesus, not only in word, but also in deed with them, where you can show them something different than, than what maybe they have an idea of when it comes to Jesus, the church, Christianity, and all those things. Where you are planted currently is where God has you right now for mission. And what I would say to you, and if I can encourage in any way, it's take that seriously. Make sure that you look at your life as a representative of Jesus. Second Corinthians five talks about how we're the ambassadors of Christ. And every time you step into your workplace, every time you step into the family that, uh, that you have that might not even like Jesus, every time you step into your friend circle that really does not want to know anything about Jesus, when you step into sports teams, when you step into to various, you know, uh, uh, condo associations, other spaces in our world, where they might not necessarily be open to the message of the gospel, you become an ambassador in those settings where you can engage with love and care, compassion, with mercy, but also with truth. And I think part of it is that sometimes, again, it's not about the, the unwillingness to, to do it. I think a lot of times it's, we don't know how to begin. And so uh, what I would encourage you with is join a class like Elam 401. Look at various opportunities where you can start and get practiced up in terms of engaging people with the good news of the gospel. Uh, places like the Rock Church or the Bridge or various areas downtown that, that might be suitable. Also, our, a huge need in, in our church is with our ESOL programs. We have folks coming from all around the world towards us, some, you know, uh, I, I think it's one of those spaces that we need to engage. And if you have any kind of teaching background or you have a passion of engaging newcomers to Canada, I would say that, that is a, that's an incredible space for you to engage and to actually begin to get to know people and talk to them. Listen, the day you and I said yes to Jesus was the day that we said yes to his mission. And we didn't get saved to sit. We got saved to serve. And if we can serve the community around us, you know, it's one thing to serve our church family, but it's in a whole other thing as a community of faith to get up and to go and to serve the people that we do life with on a daily basis that might disagree with us and to be salt and light there. So hope you enjoyed this. Listen, there are discussion questions that go with this particular session. What, what I would say is engage those well uh, together as a small group. Uh, and if you're just kind of listening for yourself, I think you need to download those questions and begin to ask yourself where you fall when it comes to engaging your world where God has planted you. So hope you have a great day. 
Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.